how many weeks has it been since we did the last podcast? That's a good question. More than five, less than ten. This is true. The audience is literally famished for content. All right, I'll figure something out. <clears throat> well, ladies and gentlemen, we are back. After a hiatus for the winter for the soft, hard, and wet F1 podcast, I'm Tom Delicati here with John White and Brady King, the doctor. Uh, gentlemen, it's been a while. Haven't officially talked to you about uh, your offseason. I know we had this promise of offseason content for our dedicated fan base and listeners that we did not deliver on. Uh, typical American letdown, uh, broken promises. Um, yeah, you know, honestly, this is a weird way to start off the podcast, but I am in a hotel room in Houston, and I just got back to my room after picking up dinner, and I got in the hotel, and I walked into the elevator. Now, I typically take the stairs, so I'm not an elevator guy, especially when my room is only on the second floor. Got to get those steps in. However... My room is right next to the elevator on the second floor, and the stairs are all the way on the sides of the hotel. I push the button. The elevator comes down to the first floor. A gentleman gets out. I walk into the elevator, and it smells like rotten butthole. (laughs) (laughs) Do we feel, how do we feel about? Letting Rotten one bottle? go, letting one go in the, in the elevator. Now, I'm not saying it was this gentleman. It could have been the person riding before him, but that will stay for a while. What are your thoughts and feelings on elevator gas? Mm, mm, mm. Have you ever? Would you consider it? And how do you judge others? Well, as a as a typical person and or American. I always judge myself by my intentions and others by their actions. So fair enough. You know, I would, I would say that, um, have I done it? Yeah. Yeah. I've done it before. Um, it's kind of like crop dusting at the grocery store. You know, you kind of, you do it and you, and you go back to the crime scene just to see the reactions, (laughs) you know, did I, was there enough there to get something out of the people in the aisle and, or the elevator? I'm sure the guy, probably wanted to know like hmm wonder what that guy thought going up to the second floor or fourth floor well and i like your i like your uh you know you go back to the scene of the crime like there is an element that everybody likes their own brand to a certain extent so <laughs> i get that um i just don't know if i would you mm. know if i'm alone in the elevator and i've really got to let one go i feel like i can be good enough to hold it until I get out. And if I do let it go while I'm by myself in the elevator, you bet I am chuckling like a sixth grade boy. I think yeah, I've Brady's... done it both willfully. I've done it willfully and maliciously. Mm. Ooh. Yeah, As that's... a weapon. Yeah. <laughs> your your silence on the uh, in the beginning was, yeah. was going to go down an, an aisle that I don't know that we wanted to go down, but I, I would like to hear more about I'm not, willfully I'm not a super and villain. maliciously. Okay. Not a super villain here, but uh, I think my plan came to fruition when I saw that person at work that you just don't like, and they were going to get in the <laughs> elevator just after you, and you're like, "Yes, 
<laughs> Wait a second. I thought you worked from home. Bombs away. <laughs> yes, this is true. <laughs> this is we're gonna have to like, dip into the past, right? Also, I don't have an elevator in the house. <laughs> sure you don't. Sure you don't. <laughs> All right. I, I apologize for that derailment. Uh, but it's it's really glad to see you guys. Glad to talk about stuff. Um, John, why don't you tell me what you've been up to all winter, and has it involved F1 at all? Who, Tom? I've had a busy winter. We've done some traveling. We went to Florida. A little bit of sun, a little bit of beach. Obviously, lots of fun things with the kids. Watched, and uh, our last few episodes celebrated a Texas Rangers World Series victory. Watched the Cowboys choke yet again in uh, some playoff run. I did nothing around Formula One. I mean, not a damn thing. And I don't know if it's me or if everybody's like this, but as soon as the offseason hits with pretty much any sport, I completely disconnect. Football ended on Sunday. I don't care about any trades that are happening this summer. (laughs) I don't care about anything that's going on. Baseball's done. Pitchers and catchers are going to be reporting back soon. Until they do, I don't really care what happens. And unfortunately, or fortunately for me, Formula One was the same way this offseason. Didn't really keep up with it outside of, uh, you know, the text thread that we have going on and some uh, hot topics recently that I'm sure we'll cover in this episode. So, So was it more or less or the same in terms of your interest and involvement in Formula One? last off season. Like, do you remember back to winter between 22 and 23? Did you feel like you were more engaged then than you were this winter? Nope. Nope. I think about uh, the same. I think, yeah, I think I was just pretty much unplugged. Brady. I don't know if you guys heard, but I got a job. It's this little <laughs> company called the, I'm going to see if I get this right. Soft, hard and damp podcast i think something no wet like that. that's it yeah. mm, something like that mm-hmm. i was hired to be full-time and it even is about f1 <laughs> uh, yeah but that was as recent as uh like even just a couple weeks ago or or even you know yesterday potentially yeah for the listeners i think, I think it actually was just yesterday uh, okay no, hold on okay, speaking so- of should we have not blown the trumpet? I mean, we blew a trumpet at the beginning of this episode, but it was a butt trumpet. Should we not have Jeez. blown the horns to say, like, by the way, Dr. King is he's part of this. Like he's he's we don't know if he's soft, hard or wet, as we haven't really assigned those titles yet, but he's he's here. This is I'm wearing red right now. So I'm gonna okay. go soft today. Soft today, John, he you, is. Got, you got blue. This is true. Ooh, there it is. Yeah. I'm a little there late on the soundboard, but it's there. He's got we'll it. take some Welcome hand the show. Yeah. Welcome Tom to the that show. Leaves you, Tom, that leaves you to be uh, hard today? Sure. I'm always... Right. So, he is in a hotel room. So... That's true. I'll stop Okay, there. so my off-season. A uh, lot of work. Played a little bit of the F1 game to try and stay involved, but I don't think I'm less aware of f1 but i don't think i was really that aware the last few years either it feels like john i'm with you off season rolls around and i just kind of tune it out until the next time around other than the big news stories which we'll get to but um yeah not a whole lot of f1 not a whole lot tom were you the anchor holding us down in the world of f1 in the off season well 
if I'm being honest, it sounds like the bar is pretty low for that. <laughs> oh, it is. It's very so. Low. I, yeah, because you load I was. up a website anytime in the off season, because then you got to be. <laughs> I, I probably did. I'm one of those guys who who clicks on the links on tweets to read articles. Um, I don't just skim skim the headlines. I'll actually dive deep and read the article or two. It definitely uh, slowed down during the off season compared to my involvement mid to late last year, where it was really kind of at its peak. Um, so speaking of the off season, or even just more recently, we've had some, I, I want to do like a little bit of a, a segment here where we do some news topic, quick hits. Uh, and the first one on my agenda, since we are from the States, we have to address the elephant in the room. And that is F1 rejecting Andretti's bid to join the grid in 2025 and 2026 they did leave the door open a little bit for 2028. Um, but just give me your initial thoughts on the fact that even though the FIA approved an 11th team, they opened the application process and said anybody can apply. They encouraged Andretti to spend all this money only for F1 to shut the door on them. I don't think the reasons make any sense. We want an American audience. What more could you get out of having... Andretti backed by GM with GM parts. I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what else that they could possibly ask for other than just more money out of them. It makes absolutely no sense to me. Well, their their reasoning that they listed in their uh, rejection letter. I mean, there were quite a few reasons, and I'm paraphrasing here because I don't have it in front of me. But it basically said we don't think they're going to be competitive, and we don't think that. The current slate of races and the race promoters could support an 11th team. And there was something else about the power unit that I'm remembering where like they had to take Renault's power unit and instead of, uh, you know, having their own supplier or whatever, something like that. But it was very flimsy arguments, in my opinion. It, it really didn't hold a lot of water, especially the 11th team on the grid. Like, why would you even open up the process to let somebody apply? And I don't know, last year, didn't we have a fake 11th team out there was they were doing all that filming for the Brad Pitt movie? We're pretty <laughs> sure they had a full garage set up for an 11th team. And it looked like we were doing I, just fine. I'd like to know what they mean by we don't think you'll be competitive. Because I don't know if you guys can recall to our last podcast where we gave out some grades. How many teams did we give D or below to? It was three, it was four. A few. It, yeah, it had to be at least four teams. So I don't know. Maybe they me... maybe they didn't watch anything that Haas did this season or Alfa Romeo <laughs> or the previous season or the previous season before that. <laughs> yeah, like we already have one terrible American team. Let's not add a second. It's like okay, well, maybe things will be different this time. Well, and and how can you say they can't be a competitive when they've never put a car on track in Formula One? But they've got all these IndyCar trophies and, you know, tons of other racing series that Andretti has been very, very successful in. They've got a team of people already in the UK working on this project, over like 100 employees, to say that, you know, they're not going to be competitive or they're not taking it seriously. Like, that's just so it's it's patronizing is what it seems like. It's like, uh, <laughs> you little boy, you go back to your your barn in the United States, and we don't want to hear from you for a couple of years. We'll leave the door open for that, but 
I don't think I don't think there's any chance of anybody other than maybe a full blown works team like you have with uh, Mercedes or um, Ferrari who does it all themselves. So if like Cadillac entered, if Cadillac was the entry, not Andretti, or if General Motors was the entry, not Andretti, I think it would be an easier path. But that's why I think the door is open until 2028. Correct me if I'm wrong, but but it feels like this was just a cash grab, a thing of like, you're going to put oh, I think it was a cash. Dollars. I think it was a cash protection. I don't think it was well, a wasn't cash there grab. something where they said that it was like they were going to pay $200 million to join the grid. But if they wait until 2028, the rules are getting changed and they want like a billion or something ridiculous. It felt like that. I gather, gather around guys. I've, I've got a lesson for us. <laughs> Today's lesson is about something that I recently learned about, and it's called the Concord agreement. Are you familiar with this term at all? Uh, no, you got that not quizzical a, look in, in your eye. Not in the slightest. Brady, do you know what the Concord Agreement is? No, I'm ready for some education here. The Concord Agreement is a three-way contract that is in almost complete secrecy. We don't know any of the terms of it. We've, we've inferred some of it. But it is an agreement between F1 management, the FIA, and the Formula One teams. So this, this has everything in it. This is like how we're going to compete in races, who gets what share of the, the, the pie, uh, the anti-dilution fund that Brady mentioned, the $200 million entry fee for a new team to try and get on the grid. The terms of that were agreed upon in 2020, and they expire at the end of 2025. So they went into, they went into effect in January 2021, and they expire at the end of 2025. And that's where the $200 million is. So if they okay. kick this can further down the road, they can change that $200 million number. But if they would have granted Andretti right, uh, the right to compete now under this Concord agreement, he would have got in cheaper. I think that's a big, big piece of it. So you're saying it's about money. Shocked. I'm, con- I'm confirming your assessment that it is about money, yes. Shocked, then why well, entertain the option and have them go through the process anyway? Like if you know, I mean, I guess it's like a courtesy interview. You get somebody that's completely underqualified, but they were referred by a friend. So you feel like you need to do them a favor and interview them, even though you're not going to hire them. Are we in this situation? here? <laughs> very, very much so. It feels that way. Now, I don't know where any of this money goes, but just to do the application and get this far in the process has cost Andretti millions of dollars. Mm. So I don't know where that money goes, but to even open up the process for them to submit their application, they have to put forth all this, like, you know, call it earnest money or something like that. Like when you're buying a house, I have to give you money to let you know that I'm serious about buying the house. And if you let me buy the house, I can put that money towards closing. Right. But if for some reason we enter we enter a contract and things go south, you get to keep my earnest money. Do you think Formula One did it to uh, to get some news, to get something in the news around that? I can't imagine that Andretti did it thinking that or knowing that it was going to go this way. I can't imagine that he did that. No. So yeah, there's no way that you would go through the process knowing the outcome was not going to be in your favor and waste all the time and the energy and the money to get it done. And it, it, man, it almost seems like a slap in the face to like F1's 
they they want American dollars. They don't want American teams. They don't want American drivers. And mm-hmm. so it's like, hey, great, Andretti, that you guys want to put a team together, and we'll hear you out, and we'll take your earnest money. But yeah, we're not we're not really going to do this. Like you didn't think we were really going to go through with this, did you? But I wonder if some of it was the FIA opening up the process for another team to submit their application. But because it has to go through all three of them to get approved, maybe the FIA was buddying up with Andretti saying, I think we can get you in. They opened the process without the uh, the blessing of the F1 teams or the F1 management. I don't know. What would the F1 teams have against having another? I mean, obviously, it potentially could dilute you know, their earnings over the long run, but you would imagine that the increase in viewership and dollars spent towards F1 would, it would all even out in the end. The energy brought by a new team would distribute more funds along the way. But Haas is a big, big contributor to to that pie right now. I mean, we got to love on Haas. Does anybody know how Haas got in? Like, I mean, we're all coming to this game a little late, but what was the procedure like when they came on board? Gunter. He just he called Gene. <laughs> Gunter got on the phone with Gene. They made some things happen. Oh, Gunter! No, actually, that was uh, if you want to go back and read it. Um, Gunter wrote a book last year or maybe two years ago. It's called "Surviving to Drive" or something like that. And uh, he kind of outlined that whole process that they went through back in like 2012 to get approval. And uh, they were talking about first competing in 2015, but had to kick that to 2016, much like uh, Andretti would have had to kick 2025 down the road and start competing in 2026. Um, I don't know exactly what the process was. I'd have to go back and read that, but uh, you're welcome to do your own research. Hashtag do your own research. I came prepared. With them coming in in 2016, they were the first team in like five or six years, right? To, well, and Formula One was in. not in the spot that it is now. It was not in the healthy uh, rise that it is now. Yeah, well, this is pre-Drive uh, to Survive. Indeed. Well, teams... <laughs> so, I'm, I'm going to show my ignorance here, but so teams change hands all the time. I mean, we're in the midst of this going on as we speak. So, yeah, uh, was Haas a acquisition of a previous team? It had to be. That's what it feels like. Where Andretti is a brand new team. I don't think so. Haas was the first true like franchise slash customer team where they said, we're going to join the grid, but we're going to buy everything we possibly can legally buy from Ferrari. But speaking of, you know, that was a great segue, Brady, and I'm so glad you're, you're a part of the team now because you did an amazing <laughs> job there. The next thing I wanted to talk about was those team name and sponsor changes that we've seen. Then the the notable ones are Alfa Romeo, which is no longer Alfa Romeo. It's steak. And that's not the steak that you eat, like John still owes me from last season. Mm. But it is the gambling company. Can you call them a gambling company? Is that a thing? John, he's been holding on to that steak comment. For he really weeks. knows how to get to the heart of me. I'll tell you that. <laughs> like it was a low blow. It's not like I haven't seen you. I just forgot about the steak. I forgot about it. Yeah. 
Um, I was really proud of it. So they can't be called, this is interesting, they can't be called steak at like a third of the races or maybe even half the races because uh, gambling advertising is illegal. So in those well, race countries, in Vegas, by the way, just just to make sure that everybody's clear. And in those countries, <laughs> in those races, they will be called kick Sauber F1. So they are steak Sauber. And in those instances where they can't be steak, they're going to be kick. And they revealed their car and it is like neon green with black and lots of carbon fiber. And I honestly, I don't know how I feel about it. I don't feel I feel like that Alfa Romeo last year had some pretty sweet liveries and mm-hmm. I'm really uh, I'm not anticipating great things from the stake F1 team whether that be race results or uh, flashiness on the grid or in the paddock I feel like um, we're at the end of Talladega Nights and Ricky Bobby doesn't have any sponsors he's so just, just driving like me a- yeah, he's just driving me, and he's got a big panther like right on the front of his car, and we're just gonna slap whatever up there, you know, like whatever we put up there, we're gonna slap up there. I have no idea what stake F one means or team kick Sauber, <laughs> whatever. I mean, they suck, so I guess it doesn't really matter anyway. Um, so unimpressed is the general feeling that you have. Yeah, that's how I'm going. I don't know if Brady's got a hot take on it. When well, when the names change, I don't really usually care. Like. When we went from Racing Point to Aston Martin, I was like, great. I love Aston Martin. Cool colors. Mm -hmm. Cool looking car. But this one feels like... Well, Aston uh, Martin was a recognizable brand, too. Not that Steak isn't, but like Aston Martin's a freaking car company. True. But this feels like uh, the Scooby-Doo meme where, you know, it says Steak F1 with like green on it or whatever. And you take the mask off and you're like, oh, it's Sauber. (laughs) Like, yeah, (laughs) got it. And it would have gotten away away with it if it wasn't for you meddling kids. Right, it's funny. Uh, yeah. But I actually do. I actually like the livery. I like that they're a little bit bold with it, and not. I, I feel like a lot of the liveries so far this year, I, the carbon fiber thing is one thing. Um, I'm not as angry about it as I think it's a, a lot of other people are. Uh, but nobody seems to be taking too like a risk with their colors. Um, but I actually kind of think this one looks kind of neat. It's out there. You you certainly can't miss it on the track. That's true. There are a lot of F1 purists that have a very strong opinion about the amount of carbon fiber that's been showing on these cars. And I don't don't know if it does anything for you guys. I'll ask this. Do car launches move the needle for you at all? Like, we're in the heart of it right now. I think almost every car has been revealed. There are just a couple to go at the time of this recording. I think Mercedes, McLaren, and Red Bull still have to be revealed. Is this... Is this time of year really doing anything for you at all? Does it move the needle for you, Brady? No. Good Lord, no. Uh, so for the audience here that doesn't know, me and Tom, we uh, we do some racing in the, the F1 game together, right? We have our own little season. And the worst part of starting a new season is having to sit through the forced <laughs> car reveal that just shows you the car that looks exactly like last year's car. Uh, so like... <laughs> in the production with the lights and the... Yeah. Yeah, it's get excited! The, Here it is, the, the Red Bull. Off. Looks oh my just gosh. like last year's Red Bull. <laughs> when all you when you're sitting in that chair and all you want to do is race, that is the biggest butt whooping on earth to sit <laughs> through it, and you can't fast forward. Yes, yeah, so, no, this does not. Uh, this does not move the needle in any way for, for me at all. 
John, how about you? Are you a big car launch guy? Are you a big uh, car reveal? You you sit down with your popcorn and your and your uh, soda, and you've got your uh, your bucket of popcorn and your sixty four ounce soda, and you're ready to sit down and watch Aston Martin with their uh, two minute car reveal video that they put online. I I man, I'm glad that Brady went first because I I knew you were going to ask about this, and I was struggling on um, like, am I the only one that doesn't really care? Um, I was reading through some of the comments today for the SF 24, um, reveal. And so many people were like, thank God there's no carbon fiber on there. It looks so pure and blah, 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 nostalgic. And I'm like, eh, kind of looks like last year to me. Um, <laughs> I mean, and, and, we are, and, then I'm, and we are experts in terms of yeah. evaluating what it looks like compared to last year. Well, and then I start questioning, like. You know, I know I don't know a ton about Formula One, but like maybe I know significantly less than what I thought because like maybe there's nuances here I should be picking up on and maybe I should hate carbon fiber. And and, and here I am letting all these comments like shape and then Brady comes out and gives me the launch pad of freedom to say, yeah, I don't care. I don't really care. And so maybe, Tom, maybe you're the odd man out on this one. I'd love to hear your thoughts. Um but if you would like to join the dark side with us and not care, you know, we've got one spot open. <laughs> I, I will say that. And I didn't, I'm not like the guy who marks my calendar for like, oh, car launch. Cool. Let's do this. I think that last year I was more intrigued. And, and honestly, even the year before that, like coming off the heels of the Hamilton Verstappen fight to the finish like that's when i was just really diving into formula one and so at the beginning of that next season i was all in i wanted to see and consume every bit of information i could last year i feel like it dwindled some and this year i'm right there with you guys i don't feel it it doesn't do anything for me not that it's not important to the to the teams and all the employees who work there it's obviously a very big deal for them um and I appreciate that they take pride in it. I'm more interested in seeing the car on track. It's it's nice to see it in the showroom and have the drivers pull off the the curtain or whatever, but it doesn't really it it's just more like an opening ceremony, right? It's like season's coming and and we get our first glimpse of the car and our first glimpse of the drivers that we haven't had in a couple months. But everybody's on the same team. The regulations really didn't change. The car is going to look pretty much like it did last year, and that's okay. And that's why I think a lot of these uh, teams are not making a big hubbub to do over their car reveal. I'm truly baffled by the number of people, though, that don't that are really down on the carbon fiber. Like, is that really that big of a deal? What if you just ran a car with carbon fiber and some stickers? People like paint, I guess. Mm-hmm. I'll have to remember this for the future about like what moves the needle. Is it, uh, is it the drivers? Is it winning a championship? Nah, it's the paint. <laughs> it's carbon think, fiber, baby. I think <laughs> next year you're going to see, I think next year you're going to see an uptick in car reveals, even though it's the last year of the same uh, regulations, just because I think you're going to see more driver movement. Like if Ferrari doesn't do something big when Lewis Hamilton is there next year and does the car reveal. And I know we'll get onto the Hamilton thing in a bit, but they're missing a golden opportunity. They're going to do something big when Hamilton's there. 
But the only the other team that changed names and sponsors was the former AlphaTauri, former Toro Rosso. Now it's Visa, Cash App, RB, Capital One, Venmo, Double Miles, Red Bull Racing, Cargo Fast Team. V Carb, baby. Yeah. Got that, that V Carb. I just got that memo that they're they're really trying to push the V Carb. As in <laughs> I thought uh, it was a joke at first. Yeah. I, I, and I get it, but I just I just picked up on that. They were uh they're really pushing that. They want they want us to call them V Carb. Doesn't it feel weird? to have a team named after like not like a city or like a big brand, but like a specific part of that brand. Like instead of being named Aston Martin, they're named like the stereo part of the Aston Martin or the, the mirrors or something. Like <laughs> what the heck are you talking about? Uh, what? Couldn't it just be visa? Why did it have to be visa cash app? Well, that's the interesting thing that I came to recognize over the last couple of days as well that Visa and Cash App are two different sponsors who both wanted parts of the title here. Cash App does not belong to Visa and Visa Visa does not belong to Cash App. They are separate entities. It's like uh Aston Martin Cognizant Aramco Formula <laughs> 1 team, right? Like those are two different and but we call them Aston Martin. I just wish there was a better thing to call them rather than vcarb or even rb because it's just it's like it's it's red bull i don't want to call them rb i don't want to call them red bull's junior team i wish they had more of an identity that's that's all i'm coming back to i wish they had more of an identity if anybody if haas wasn't going to sell and vcarb was for sale that's the team that i would want somebody to take over so it it doesn't make sense for me to have the same owner own two Formula One teams. You don't see that in any other sport. Can we just call them the Danny Ricks? I'm just going to do that. The Yukis? The, the, the Yukis, yes. Ricks. Team Yuki. Their livery is pretty cool, though, right? I don't mind it. I don't mind it. That's not bad. It's not bad. But I'm with you. It, it almost... This, is, this far predates any of my Formula One expertise. But I just remember, like, Schumacher back in the day with the iconic Marlboro oh, hell yeah. Ferrari car, right? Like everybody knew that. And that's back when, you know, cigarettes could still, you know, they had cool Camel Joe and everybody else. And then it seems like it kind of got away from that outside of Red Bull, right? Everybody, it was like Mercedes and Williams and McLaren and Ferrari. And As- like everybody kind of went more traditional. And are we going back the other way now? Or are like some of these other teams just going to start? posting up whoever can give them the biggest dollars for advertising. And now all these sponsors are going to get back in. And now we don't know if we're watching formula one or red bull outside of, or I'm sorry, formula one or, or uh, uh, NASCAR outside of the number of turns that they make. Cause that seems like a NASCAR thing to me. Well, like tide pods on the side yeah, of the car. And like, I don't that's mind. What you know by. I don't mind the crushing amount of advertiser uh, signage. I don't really mind that. What I mind is the conversational element that this team in particular is missing. Like, even if you want to call it steak, it's still sauber. If you call it kick, it's still sauber. AMG Patronus Mercedes is Mercedes. Mm-hmm. Aston Martin Cognizant Aramco is Aston Martin. Like, they have an identity. It's Aston Martin, Mercedes, Ferrari, Williams, McLaren, so on and so forth. This is the, the one, the Yukis. This is the one 
that doesn't have a very clear identity. And it's because they are just the, they are the forgotten child of the, the mom and dad who just love their favorite son, Red Bull. And they remember that they have this other child who's like, you know, not nearly as successful, not nearly as competitive. I know they're trying to be more, but they just don't, they don't have an identity. I struggle with that. I struggle with liking that. Did they really miss out on an opportunity if they wanted to go by V carb to do like a full carbon fiber car to Brady's point? Like That's a hell just, of an idea. Can we just do the whole carb V carb, like everything and just piss everyone off all yeah, at if once? You're, if you're going to go for it, go big or go home, right? I'm with you. If they were American, they would, but you know, they're not. The only other thing, well, there are a couple th- other things on my radar to talk about. Uh, one, and I don't want to belabor the point because it's already been talked about and it's going to be talked about all season, but where were you and how did you react when you heard that Lewis Hamilton was joining Ferrari in 2025? I was sitting in bed, doom scrolling Reddit, and there is a fantastic subreddit called uh, Formula Dank where we just post the worst memes and everything else. Uh, and it said, uh, Lewis to Ferrari. And I was like, ah, oh, that's a good joke. Good off season joke. Ha 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 ha. That wasn't a joke. That was weird. So you're still digesting the news. I am. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. I, I mean, there's like the joke take of it all of, uh, he's just trading one loser for another, but then there's the real take of he's trading one loser for another. I'm actually trying to figure out, does this more bury Mercedes or is this really a step in the right direction for Ferrari? Cause there's no way Lewis, I mean, this is where he's going to retire, right? We, we all know that this is, this is the last trip. I, I can't imagine after two years here or maybe three years, whatever it ends up being uh, that he's going to find another contract at another manufacturer. So if he's going to go out with Ferrari, he's got to figure that they're going to give him a shot. They're going to give him a car that he can actually compete in. So does that just, is that a is that a checkbox for Ferrari or is that a mark against Mercedes? I mean, all good points. Uh, the only thing that I would say as a slight argument to that is that how many contracts ago did we first say that uh, Fernando Alonso is going to retire there? Right, he's done. He's not <laughs> yeah. going to go anywhere else. Yep. Uh, three contracts ago, four contracts ago. Yeah, yeah, you're right. That's fair. But he's still yeah, not going Lewis to is Ferrari only 39. Yeah, but again, he's still not going to Ferrari, though, without thinking that he's going to win there, right? There's no way he thinks that this is a stepping stone to what? Sauber? I, to your point, though, Brady, I think it can be both. I think it can be a step in the right direction and a and a hit. Um, obviously, it's been no secret that Lewis has been pissed off all season long about the car that's been put in front of him. Last season, they had a ton of issues. It took him... I mean, how many races did it take them to fix the porpoising issue from from two seasons ago? And finally, when they got it fixed and got a decent car in front of them, they started competing and and winning again. Um, Lewis, we know the car is bad. Just drive it, please. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's a good impression. I like it. But yeah, I mean, it. And then and then to that point, like when you're somewhat of a lame duck, like how much worse is the garage morale going to be like this season? And and yeah, I think it it was it was really surprising to everyone to see all of these alerts start popping through, and then obviously our thread was 
exploding. I still, there is no, there's no other sport that I could think of that we watch here in the States that a trade would happen an entire season before everyone would know about it. And then you just have to like, yeah, you're going to play for the Cowboys for one more season, but you know, you're going to the Eagles right after, or you're playing for the Rangers for one more season, but we already know your deal is locked up with the Strohs. Like that just doesn't happen. So to me, I'm like, well, a, I, I, and I guess it's because in our thought process for American sports, like generally waiting to the last minute provides the best deal for almost all parties involved. You get one more season out of them. You can see if they can hold it up for one more year. And then when you get down to the wire, it's like we negotiate. We know your contract's up and it's kind of a win-win. But to, to solidify this a full season before, which seems to be an ongoing trend for Formula One, I still I still can't wrap my head around that. And then why would it leak? Like who wants to put this out? Obviously Ferrari does. Doesn't help Lewis really. Definitely doesn't help Mercedes. Money fixes all. I'm sure he got a pretty good contract to go to Ferrari. So I don't think they announced any of the detail, details of that part. No, no. And I'm sure he will weep himself to sleep on a big pile of money. <laughs> Very Scrooge McDuck. Yeah. Just diving board off into gold coins. <laughs> he, You know, though, he's got a ton of money already. I think Lewis is just one of those guys that like he just wants to win and put himself in the best possible position to win. He hates seeing Max up there, and and rightfully so. So does everyone else, except for probably me. Um, but you don't think and, you don't think a piece of this was just like the the tradition, the nostalgia, the you know I I get to drive for Ferrari, like hopefully win with Ferrari. But it's more like I fi- I get to drive for Ferrari. I think there's a component. Nobody goes to Ferrari is just like uh, oh ho hum. I got hired by Ferrari. Ferrari is that destination. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, especially like I remember. I mean, I remember when Carlos went to Ferrari and it was like, it was a dream of his to, I'm finally, I'm finally wearing red. I'm finally racing for Ferrari and like, I want to win. And now, I mean, obviously he's got to be crushed because he's got a year left and then he's got to, you know, slow pace out to see what he's, what he's going to do for, for uh, 25. But it's got to be, I mean, that's got to be a low blow for him too, because now like how involved is he going to be in the, in the season knowing that he's out, he's out the door. Well, the good news is, and and this is, I'm, I'm releasing some exclusive information right now. The good news is okay. we've made contact with uh, someone who's very tightly th- in close contact with the team at Ferrari. They might even be employed by them. We don't have all the details yet. But this uh, friend of the show will start to join us on a regular basis. And I'm sure that once we uh, make initial contact with him, that he will be a wealth of information about the Ferrari team and the goings on with the transition from Carlos to Lewis over the course of the next year. So I'm excited to announce that. I don't have any more details for our listeners right now, but there will be exclusive Ferrari content from a trusted source inside the organization coming up on a regular basis this year. Well, not only do you not have any information for our listeners, you've left Brady and I in the dark about who this person (laughs) is how you came in contact with them. Um, like this is, this has been some top secret. Um, I won't call it colluding, but you know, I don't know what you've been doing in the off season, Tom, but whatever it is, obviously has been far more involved with formula one than you let us on at the beginning of the show. 
Well, this has been something that's been developing over the last couple months, and I, I apologize for leaving you guys in the dark. This is uh, this is big news, but I can't again, complain. It's my first day. Not I'm everything okay is <laughs> not everything is firm here, so I really can't I can't give any more information than that. But you'll you'll know soon enough, just uh, along with everybody else. So there's there's the piece that I, John, I know you wanted to mention the the Christian Horner um, legal troubles that he might be in apparently this is going to go on for the next couple of weeks it seems uh doesn't seem like he's slowing down at all until this uh settles itself out but it doesn't it's not a good look yeah um i, I feel like obviously in, in the off season there's quite a few stories that are just top of mind and this is one that's that's gained a lot of traction lately i don't know necessarily that there's much to add and or pontificate on this because it seems like the seems like the news has been very tight-lipped i mean essentially what we know is a someone an employee of the team a female has accused christian of what they call controlling and inappropriate behavior and to what extent that is i don't think anyone knows it would you know it it probably wouldn't be fair of us for christian or that employee to jump to any conclusions but i would have I would imagine, without knowing any details, my my first gut thought, which is probably wrong, is that you know you're in a you're in a very intense sport. We've seen the way that Christian um, acts both on and off the grid. I don't know what we would consider controlling behavior. I know what we would consider inappropriate behavior. I'm not sure how those two things interact. So I, I, more than anything, I would just kind of be interested to see what unfolds from this and what information we get further. The other uh, newsworthy item, I don't even know if it's newsworthy. It's probably newsworthy for us just because it was the launching point for our interest in this sport. But New Season of Drives to Survive comes out next week. Is that... Uh, Got the popcorn ready. For you? Is that that rubbed you the right way? I look forward to it. Uh, I there's a couple of stories that I want to know if they got into Drive to Survive because I don't know when they wrap up. So, like for example, is is Gunter leaving Haas part of this season? I imagine they're going to talk about it. I don't know about you guys, but one of the reasons that I watched Drive to Survive is because of Gunter, and knowing that this is the last season with him in it is going to make me uh, a little uh, a little melancholy. I'm with you on that. He's a uh... He's fun to watch. He's super entertaining. Uh, he's hilarious, and to and to know that he's not going to be a part of it anymore. Yeah, it's it's it hits you a little bit for sure. Hey, there might be a job opening at Red Bull here. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> or if they'd let Andretti on the uh, on the field. Are we doing a a watch party for the the first episode? I feel like we should do Ooh, something to to like celebrate idea. this a little bit. We'll stay tuned for our episode by episode breakdown and review of Drive to Survive. <laughs> it, I'll serve you steak, Tom, during there the first episode, so we can kill two birds with one stone. There, okay, I sent you guys this the other day, and it was that uh, screenshotted tweet from George Russell when his Tommy Hilfiger like <laughs> modeling shoot or something like that, and. I like George Russell. I want to like George Russell. When he posted that, it's just like, ah, dude, you've got, I know you got a sponsor. I know they're making you do this, but 
how how much pull do you have here? Can you can you veto anything? Because I think of it as like he's he is a very clean cut British man, and he he portrays that very well in this in this tweet. But <laughs> I feel like there's quite a dichotomy on the grid because then you've got like Lance Stroll, who reminds me of Jim Brewer and Half Baked, like he's got Jerry <laughs> Garcia in a pouch around his neck. <laughs> and I see these guys like. You know, they, they do have very, you know, they're professional athletes. They have images to maintain. And I know that, you know, some of that messy look is in right now. But it's like, dude, it makes me want to hang out with Lance Stroll more than George Russell. Ooh, that's not Do you good. think that George, so you, the way you're making it sound is that you think that they twisted George's arm to do that a little bit. I think it was God, I, hope so. I think he chose, I think he chose to do that. And I like George too. But I'm not sure about that. He just, he, okay. So let me pose this question to you. If someone else on the grid besides George Russell tried to pull off that Tommy Hilfiger modeling session, who do you think would have been best suited for that gig? Well, Lewis is the obvious pick because he does stuff kind of like this. But can I say who I want to see do it? Mm. I'm hoping it's the same. Oh, I want to see Yuki do it. Oh, Yuki? Oh, I, I want to see Yuki there. do it because I just think it would go hilarious. Like the tweet would just be expletives bleeped out and all sorts of stuff. But then he, <laughs> you know. <laughs> see, I was thinking more like Carlos. It seems like a Carlos thing to do, right? But it doesn't suit his personality. Like I get that he has the smooth operator, you know, that whole look. Smooth but I, I don't think it fits his personality nearly as much. I tell you, it, it's kind of a coin flip on two guys for me one i think it's not really tommy hilfiger if it was like abercrombie or something like that i think nico hulkenberg's your guy but i feel i feel like and now i just can't stop picturing it i feel like i want to see uh in in the tommy hilfiger modeling shoot like george russell had i'd love to see like somebody superimpose valtteri botas head on top of that (laughs) (laughs) and valtteri botas ass Yes. Oh my gosh, that would be hilarious. He's he's just he's perfect for the part. I don't think he would look nearly <laughs> as much like a doofus the way that George did. I think Valtteri would pull it off. Go and look at go and look at the tweet. Hold on, I am going to look at the tweet now that you're saying this because I feel like I have to. Go look at the tweet and and picture who who would fit into that scenario. I feel like the tweet almost looks like it was done by AI. Hmm. It does, it does look AI. Like Mm. Yeah, you know, this looks a lot worse than I originally remember. So I'm glad that I pulled this back up because at, at first I was thinking like, man, y'all are being really hard on Georgie here. Like, it, I don't remember it being that bad, but now I'm looking at it. It reminds me of senior pictures, like <laughs> yeah, from very the early mills. aughts. Yeah, it's like, hey, you're going to graduate high school. Throw this shit on and go take pictures and weird poses that you're not used to doing. And we're going to hang on to these photos forever. Like, that's what Don't this worry. Is. Don't worry. You'll look totally normal and relaxed. <laughs> give me, give me your, introspective. Put your head on your hands like this. And yeah, you'll look great. I promise. So, it's so Uncle Rico. <laughs> <laughs> the, only, the only other person I think that could pull this off, and only to the extent that we just think, like, this is how this guy is. And it's just because he's shown us this race after race 
is Danny Rick. I feel like he can pull I knew anything you were off, say that. but he's going to do it with humor, right? Like we're going to see this and we're going to know like, oh, this is a bit like he doesn't look mm. bad doing it, but it's still a bit. George, yeah, look at George's face there. Like, he's too serious. If it was Danny, he'd be giggling through the whole thing. George, don't do it again. That's how about we give you that advice? Talking real uh, high quality off season content right here. This is what we're here for. <laughs> and this is what we bring to you, the listener. Uh, you can trust us in this regard. Mm-hmm. So let, let's wrap things up. Uh, we're going to do a, a preseason episode, I'm sure, in the next week or so, where we really talk about our predictions and uh, we can display just how stupid we really are. We're only two weeks away. Two weeks away. That's a good point. Oh, geez. It is like, yeah, it's two weeks. So as we wrap up here, I do want to ask you each two questions. I try and go outside of the obvious here, but which driver or team do you hope will do well? And which driver or team do you think will disappoint you this year? I'll, I'll kick us off here. I say drive, I would say driver or team that I hope does well. I will be rooting quite a bit this season for Carlos Sainz. Um, I've always liked Carlos. I think he's a fantastic driver. I have no issues with Ferrari, um, but on his last year out, knowing that he's losing his spot to Lewis, I'd really like to come out and see him just demolish. It would be fantastic to see him do well. Yeah, I was just going to say, I think Johnny stole my thunder. I would hope for some chaos here, right? He comes out, he wins a few races, but then he's leaving. Mm-hmm. And you've already, I mean, you've already punted him. That's too late to make that change. You can't, can't bring him back. So what if he won the title? Oh, dude, that would be, that'd be unreal. Can you imagine? Thanks for the title. See you. Get out of here. Oof. That would make for some really good drive to survive television. Right. Uh, For a disappointment, I think uh, I expect very little from V carb this year. You have Danny now for the full season. Yuki has been on the way up, but seeing some of the other teams sort of uh, where they're positioning themselves. Ferrari seems like they actually should challenge. Aston's been talking up their car a lot. Mercedes has everything to prove. Red Bull's already sitting in a powerful position. So this leaves the same kind of baloney that we had last year. So I guess the Sauber stake F1 team and V carb and uh, Williams are just going to be the bottom feeders again. Kind of disappointing because I really want to see Yuki do well. Yeah, I, I feel like within, not right away, but by the midpoint of the season, there will be the top four teams. I, I say the top three, but it's really going to be more like the top four from what I anticipate will separate themselves from the pack. There will be a clear cut top four teams. They might not uh, be clear in terms of like, oh, Mercedes is always second fastest or Ferrari is always fastest or whatever it might be. I think it's just going to be those four teams that are at the top, whichever four teams they might be, are going to separate themselves. But I really feel like any one of the teams below them could finish fifth. I don't feel like fifth is a foregone conclusion. It's that midfield where it could be so tight this year. But I do... I, you know, in terms of my expectations, they're in the toilet for Stake and for Yuki's 
And for Haas, I just I have no expectation whatsoever for them. I don't anticipate them doing well. I don't think they'll disappoint me either. I do hope that last year was not a flash in the pan for Alex Albon. I hope he has another positive season at Williams and continues to take them in the right direction. That's not saying that I think they're going to finish fifth or sixth in the championship. It's just I don't want it to be a flop this year for him. I really like him. Mm -hmm. I think he's a good kid. I like the fact that he is the focal point of that team and everybody's rallying around him and building around him. So I think that there's a lot of potential for Williams to do good things over the next few years. And and there is a little soft spot in my heart for Logan Sargent, even though I really don't care one way or the other. He is our, the only American driver on the grid. And therefore I do want him to do a little better than he did last year. I don't expect him to do a lot better though. So I'll put, I'll put Williams and both of them in my hope to do well. But I think the, the disappointment this year, and it's hard to be a disappointment after what happened last year, but I can't imagine good, any good things coming out of Alpine this year. I'm with you on that. I agree wholeheartedly. I was uh, kind of looking over some, some figures here and looking at uh, Esteban and, and Pierre. You had your spreadsheets and, out? Yeah. Had the spreadsheets out and I'm and I was I I was you much like the thunder I stole from Brady. Yeah, it, you stole my thunder on the on the on the downside for Alpine. I'm, I agree with you, Tom. That's disappointing. As everybody knows, my my love of Pierre. But yes, I do not expect a whole lot out of them. I don't think I can be disappointed because I don't expect them to compete. Well, that's okay because um, nobody expected for. Uh... Our friends from the United States creating an 11th team to compete either, and we saw what happened with that. So, <laughs> Way to tie it all back together, John. And on that note, we Swish. should probably wrap this up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, thanks for joining us again for another episode of The Soft, Hard, and Wet. We are now a fully-fledged threesome, uh, but don't take that the wrong way. I knew it as soon as I said it. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. But looking forward to a season with you guys. We're going to get together next week for our uh, our preseason show where we give our predictions and uh, laugh at each other, laugh at uh, or let the listeners laugh at us, not with us. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm excited. It's going to be a good season. Thanks for joining us, guys. We appreciate it. We'll talk to you. Thanks on for the giving next me round. a job, guys. <laughs> In these hard times. It's like an unpaid internship. <laughs>